Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're thankful to have this opportunity to be with you today and every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning as we podcast these Bible classes on those days each week. We're thankful to have the means and the opportunity and the ability to do this. We know that lots of people all over the world, they want to get into God's Word. They want to learn from God's Word. I get emails through our website all of the time talking from people who want Bibles or they're, they're thankful to be able to uh, read some of the or, or li- even listen to some of the sermons and teachings that we post on our, on our website, churchofchrist.com, on a regular basis. People, they want to know more. They'll ask for Bible studies, for Bible study material. And so we know that people are out there all over the world, as well as across this nation of our own, who want to learn more from God's Word. And so we're, we're thankful to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis over the internet and by means of these podcasts. We're thankful that you are there and that you want to learn, that you want to follow along. And we praise God for you. Now, if you're in the Omaha area and you're able to get out, we encourage you to come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located 3606 North 108th Street right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. Our Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and then followed by worship at 10.30. And then we come back on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock for another period of Bible study and worship. And then on Wednesday evenings, in the middle of the week, good time to stop and get our spiritual batteries recharged, so to speak. We come back together each Wednesday evening at 6.30 for our midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services, and we encourage you to take part if you're able. Now, we know, though, that there are people, even in this area, who are not really able to get out much. And so, again, we're thankful to be able to be with you and teach you God's Word through these podcasts. We encourage you to not only take advantage yourself, but also to tell everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, click on the podcast button, and sign up for our podcasts. Now, our podcasts are free. They always will be free. Our website, to take advantage of all of the resource materials there, that's always free. When somebody signs up for our podcasts, they will automatically receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and Monday through Friday, a daily radio program we call search the scriptures. And it does exactly that. It digs into God's word, looks at the teachings of God's word in in depth and in detail. But we try to explain what the scriptures teach in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your everyday life. But you'll also receive a seven day a week short Bible study, only about 13 minutes or so each day called today's Bible class. Keeps us in God's word every single day. 13 minutes, well, we can almost always fit that into our busy schedules, can't we? And helps us to stay strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So tell everybody you can. And also share these Bible classes that you listen to with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. Maybe somebody in your family could really use the blessing of getting into God's Word and learning more or maybe a friend, or someone you work with, or a neighbor, 
Well, share with everybody you can every time you have the opportunity, every day. You may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. I'm going to take a break at this time from our normal study in Second John is where we're actually, I'm sorry, First John is where we're actually at right now. I'm going to take a break from that, and I want us to take a view of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I think this is an appropriate time to do so. We're coming to the end of one year. We're starting to look ahead to the beginning of the next year. Now, this is a time when a whole lot of people, they start to make all kinds of what they call New Year's resolutions. Well, we make resolutions about all kinds of things, don't we? We'll talk about how we're going to look for a new job, or we're going to do better at the one we have, or we're going to try to strike up a relationship with somebody. We're going to try to meet somebody. We're going to try to establish some relationship. Uh, How many times do people during this time of the year make a resolution that they're going to lose weight? They're going to go to the gym and start working out. They're going to get on a diet. Well, some people, they'll make a resolution that they're going to perhaps start going to church, as they call it, or maybe reading the Bible through in a year. Maybe just reading the Bible a little bit each day, maybe not all the way through, but they're going to get into God's Word. We see the resolutions go on and on and on, and there are all kinds of them. And people, they feel good about making those resolutions. They, they, they focus on trying to do better in their lives and make their lives better. Now, by and large, most of those resolutions fall by the wayside within a fairly short period of time you know, sometimes just a couple of weeks or so, but some may extend to maybe a month or a month and a half or two months, but gradually they start to fade away in the conscience and in the commitment of the individual who makes them. Now, some people, though, they carry them through all the way through the year, so they, they really follow through in a, in a big way, and that's great. But what I want us to think about as we come to an end of one year and start to look at the beginning of the next year I want you to think about your relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, your relationship with God through him. When we look at John chapter 4 and verses 41 and 42, the apostle John wrote this, and this is what he said, many more believed because of his his own word, that is, Jesus' word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Well, what's the setting here? When you look at John chapter 4, you find Jesus, he comes to a well. The apostles walking with him go into the city and they're going to buy some food and bring back. Apparently they didn't have any food with them. So he waits for them by the well outside the city, and a woman comes along. She's a Samaritan woman. She comes along, and he asks her to draw some water and give him a drink. Now, she's somewhat taken aback. From, for one reason, she was a woman, he was a Jewish man, and they did not speak. Jewish men did not approach 
women on a common basis as we would do in our culture today. But also, she was Samaritan. He was Jewish. And the Jewish people looked down on the Samaritans severely. They did not consider them to be, by and large, to be equals with them on a spiritual level. And so the conversation begins. She responds when he asks her to give him a drink. She responds uh, by saying, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And then Jesus, he starts to teach her about himself as the Savior. But he does so in a skillful way. He says, if you, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who, asks, who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Well, she's thinking on a physical level. He's speaking from a spiritual basis. And so she responds by saying, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? And so Jesus responds and says, whoever drinks of this water, that is the water from this well, will thirst again. That's going to quench your thirst for a while, but you're going to need some more of it after a short time. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Well, Jesus, again, he's speaking from a spiritual perspective, and he's talking about the gift that God sent him to bring to offer to mankind, and that's eternal life. Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, the woman, she says, sir, give me this water that I may, thirst, that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And then Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. Well, she responds and says, I have no husband. And he said, you have said, well, you have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one, with, uh, the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. And then she responds, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Well, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah, the prophesied Messiah or Savior through numerous Old Testament scriptures, she says, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Now, the woman goes into the city. She, she tells the Men of the city, come and see who, uh, uh, come and come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ that they went out of the city and came to him? Now, down in verse 39 is, is when the, those Samaritan men leave the city, they come to Jesus and they meet him and listen to him. 
many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. And so then when the Samaritans said uh, or had come to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed there two days. Now, what do you suppose Jesus did during those two days? Obviously, he taught them, taught them the gospel message of salvation through himself as their Lord and Savior, sent from heaven by God the Father to do exactly this among the Jews. But here he is teaching Samaritans. And of course, ultimately, the gospel message would be spread to all mankind. It was for and is for all mankind. And so verse 41 again, many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Well, they learned the most valuable lesson that any person alive in any generation could learn. Jesus Christ is your Savior. He is God the Son. He is the Lord come to earth. Now, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Have you thought seriously about how important that understanding and realization and that truth being accepted by you really is? What have you done with that truth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? I want us to look at Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 finds us understanding that this was the period of time when Mary conceived through the Holy Spirit. She was betrothed to a man named Joseph, but they were not yet fully married, but they were bound together by that betrothal. And so when Joseph recognized that she was expectant with child, he naturally figured she had been unfaithful to him with another man. And so respecting her, not wanting to make her a public disgrace and bring public shame upon her, he decided that he would put her away, which would be basically the equivalent of a divorce in our culture, even though they were not yet legally married, but still betrothed. And so he thought he would put her away privately. And then God sent an angel from heaven to speak to Joseph. Verse 20, while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, that is to Joseph, in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then I want us to look also at verse 23. This was, was, the, the angel was basically telling Joseph that what was conceived in her, this child that she would bear, and that you are to call his name Jesus, this is a fulfillment of a prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 14. And he quotes here, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. 
Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now the significance of the name that the angel told him to give to the child who would be born, you shall call his name Jesus, verse 21, and then saying, for he will save his people from their sins. That name Jesus literally means Savior literally means Savior. And so the angel was telling Joseph, your wife-to-be is expectant with a very, very special child. She did not cheat on you. She did not commit fornication. She was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And the child she shall bring forth will be the child prophesied in numerous Old Testament scriptures. You shall name that child Jesus, Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. And the angel then quoted Isaiah 7 and verse 14, the virgin shall conceive and you shall call him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Jesus, God the Son came as your Savior, your Savior. What are you doing with that reality? How are you responding to that fact? Jesus came to this earth to be your Savior. In Philippians chapter 2, we read of the sacrifice, I think we can think of it in that way, by Jesus in coming to this earth as your Savior. Now, we know we normally think of sacrifice related to Jesus. John chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8, But God demonstrates his own love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We might think of some of the scriptures in, in the book of Hebrews, where the Hebrews writer talked about that sacrifice of God the Father sending God the Son to the cross to die for us, to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. Hebrews 10 and verse 10, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We could think about Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, where the Hebrews writer wrote about this sacrifice. We see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Now, that's normally what we think of. Jesus going to that cross, being nailed to it, and going through an agonizing, prolonged execution on that cross till he died physically, till the blood that, he, that was shed by him as the nails pierced his hands and feet, as that Roman soldier at the, after he had already died pierced that, uh, uh, drove that spear into his side and blood and water came forth, 
That's the sacrifice we normally think about. God sacrificed his son on that cross for you. Now you might say, well, it's for everybody. I know it is for, it was for everybody. Make it personal. You're part of everybody. God did that for you. He sent Jesus to that cross for you. Jesus willingly and lovingly died on that cross for you, for you. Now, the sacrifice by Jesus himself goes back before he ever came to this earth in human form, being born as the Christ child by Mary. We read in Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 5, he sacrificed by leaving heaven to become man. Beginning with verse 5, Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And that's a difficult passage to translate and come away with fully understanding. I'm, you know, how, how much should we get out of that particular verse of Scripture? Well, let me suggest to you another translation. Here the New King James says, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Another translation that may get the sense across a little better is, he did not count equality with God a thing to be held onto. You see, Jesus, God the, Fa- uh, God the Son, was there with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit in heaven all along. Not from the beginning, before the beginning. Completely eternal. But he was willing to let that go in order to take human form and come to this earth as the Savior of mankind. Well, then verse 7. Made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus humbled himself bit by becoming man and going to that cross. He was obedient to the will of God the Father, even to the point of giving his physical life on that cross. His name has been highly exalted above all names of humanity throughout all the ages because he's the Savior. He's God the Son. And even while he was here on this earth, he was still fully divine while at the same time being fully human. He experienced what we go, what we go through as far as temptations and trials and tribulations are concerned, but he went through all of that without ever succumbing to the temptation to become sinful. He lived the perfect physical life from the spiritual perspective, lived it all without sin. Therefore, he could be that perfect sacrifice. Under the Old Testament law of Moses, 
when the Jewish people would bring a sacrifice to God, when they would offer that sacrifice on the altar or turn it over to the priests to let them offer it on their behalf to God as worship. They could not bring the runt of the litter. They could not bring an animal that was sick. They could not bring one that had blemishes, so to speak, that was less than perfect. They had to bring the best. They had to bring as near perfect a sacrifice as they could. But now those were just animals. But God the Father sent God the Son as the absolute perfect sacrifice. Totally righteous, totally pure, so that on the cross, that at that one time, it would suffice as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of all sins of all mankind for all time. God did that for you. Jesus Christ is your Savior. How have you responded to him? He came to call you to salvation through him. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you looking for that spiritual rest? For that sense of well-being and contentment, knowing that you are saved in Christ. You have repented of your sins. Luke 13 and verse 3, Jesus said, Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. You have confessed your faith in Christ openly. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, Whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Have you surrendered to him, being completely immersed, buried in the waters of baptism, for the purpose of having the blood that he shed on the cross cleanse you of the guilt of your sins? Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins? Have you understood that in order to be saved in Christ, you must be baptized into him? Mark 16 and verse 15, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And it is at that point, being baptized, that you come into Christ. Romans 6 and verse 3, baptized into Christ. Galatians 3 and verse 27, as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Have you come to Jesus, your Savior, his way, as taught in the scriptures? Have you gone beyond just speaking verbally about how much you love Jesus and how much you believe in him, have you obeyed him in this way?
called obeying the gospel. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. Those who have not obeyed the gospel will not be in heaven with God and with Christ. Read that carefully. How have you responded to Jesus coming as your Savior? You're closing a year out in just a few days. It could be a time of transition for you as you look toward beginning a new year. I'm going to come out of that life where I have not been totally faithful through obedience to the teachings of Jesus as my Savior. I'm ready to cross over into him by being baptized so my sins can be forgiven. I can be saved and I can come into him. What a great start to a new year. What a great new beginning that will be for you. Think about it. Pray over it. And let's pray now. Our Father in heaven, thank you for loving us. Thank you, Father, for seeing us through another year and opening up the beginning of a new year before us. Father, help us where we need to make that change in our lives to come to you through Jesus Christ, surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of our sins. Please, Father, give us the courage to make that transition. Help us to be strong, to not waver. Help us, Father, to make that commitment to you and Jesus with our very lives. Please forgive us, gracious Father. Please forgive us. Hear our prayer. Please help us. To you be the glory. In Christ's name, amen.